Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. God, I thank you for each and every person here. Lord, we never take it for granted, this opportunity that we have to come and minister together. I pray that you give me your inner wisdom to speak life into each and every person. I also pray that everybody under the sound of my voice will get something out of the message today they can use and make their lives better. God, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but they will be able to use this word and make their lives better immediately. It's in the name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Let's hit this Bible confession. It's been a minute since we said this thing together. I miss y'all too, doggone diggity shoe. Let's go. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed and I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable, it is the truth, it is divine, it is the word of God, and shall forever be to me my Bible. In Jesus' name, amen. And we have a couple of, of photos of people who have been enjoying life. Everybody say enjoy life. Enjoy life. Doggone it, enjoy life. We are, we're, as you can see, the, the series kicked off for January 2023 is satisfied. Feel the overflow. Let's look at a couple of folks enjoying some overflow. I nothing nothing like a, a little a little overflow to make you feel good. We got Greta sent some pictures in too of us, I believe. Yes, ma'am. You know, we did a couple of things. We went on a did you show any pictures from the from the cruise, at least one? Okay, one cruise picture. So we went on the cruise, and I was telling you last time, when God went on that cruise, it was a bit shaky, you know, in the beginning. And it was, it was so bad that even we talked to some of the people that work on the ship. They said they had tons of crew that just couldn't work. That's how, ba that's how bad it was. And I'm not talking about, like, your, your, your luggage was getting thrown, but it was that constant, consistent wobble. To where when you when you walk, even when you walk, you, you kind of, you know, you're on this wall, then you go a little bit, then you're on this wall. Kind of like back in the day when you used to be tore up. And it was, but somebody say, well, that was yesterday for me, Pastor. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> All right, there you have the Browns enjoying a happy 2023. Oh, look at this. All the red and just looking lovely together. Sunglasses, the red lipstick. We see you where you at. We see the lipstick. We see the lipstick. Miss Janice and Miss Emerald. I like, I like all the, the, the Christmas background. This is beautiful. What is it? Oh, you just got the two. Oh, I got the I got the wait a minute. 
Your mama ever do that to you? Mama, mama, she just, she don't need just finger. And you just know you just be quiet. Because mama's, mama working on something. And you don't want mama to start working on you. Amen. <laughs> so let's give her, let's give her a couple seconds to pull the other, to pull the other pictures up. Mike, and is that you? niece? I got to get things straight. <laughs> Jesus, I know. <laughs> Mike, I know. Shalita, I know. Mahuda, is this? <laughs> We keep we keep this straight around here. If you're married, we go we gonna get some answers. Okay, Shalita, Shalita behind the camera. That's why I didn't. Huh? Be in Sam Club crooked if you want to. Who is this? Right there, wait up, wait up, wait a croissant said. Who is this? <laughs> Mike and his niece. With Shalita taking the picture. I like it. Enjoying some time. Oh, here we are. That's us at the improv. Went to, went to see some went to see some comedy. It was it was funny. The, 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 I can't say nothing about the food though. The, the, the best thing about the food was when it came, the lights was off. <laughs> I kid you not, we took out our phone to turn the light on so we could make sure that they really gave, but they put stuff on the table. But you want to know that you, you gave me what I ordered because, you know, it ain't like they just giving it away. They, they got some upcharge on those chicken nuggets and stuff like that. Man, we had bought this combo platter that had like wings on it. They had like chicken tenders on it. I kid you not. I recognize the wings, bone in wings. All the other chicken looked like bark. Yes, girl, it tastes like nothing. I thought, I thought, okay, they, it's hard to mess up fried food, right? Everything fried. I even tried to put, even put like ketchup, barbecue sauce. It was horrible. But we we enjoyed the show. What's the next one? Oh, this is it. Wave at them, Ingram, new Ingram folk. Wave at them, wave at them. They all work. They all work matching PJs. You can see, it's beautiful, isn't it? Very well coordinated, and I love all the smiles. <laughs> the little one, <laughs> Josiah, right? Little Josiah, he's kind of like just doing his own thing. But you know what? They look wonderful. Thank you for sharing that picture. Do we have any more pictures? <laughs> All right, that's all the pictures. Give God some praise for that. <laughs> all right, family. I want, us, I want us to give a big round of applause for us entering into 2023. Give God some praise for that. Yes, yes. You know, in 2022... 
which, by the way, and I confirm with the missus, was our first full year together after COVID. Not that COVID is gone, but, you know, it, that was, believe it or not, last year was our first full year together. And during that first full year, I presented you with a vision, a vision for Wesley Chapel for this campus. Now, it's not a, it's not a vision for the ministry. The ministry has a vision, but a vision for us in this footprint. And that vision was very purposeful. You know, when I think about the purpose of that vision, it was to reorient us to life. When you think about us being together during that time, just coming fresh, I call it fresh, out of what I call that post-COVID quarantine era. We needed some reorientation. When you think about that era, we had mass sickness. We had severe isolation. And what that did was that kind of scenario, it worked to alter our view of life. And for many, it also worked to change their view of God. And I don't mean change for the better. Thus, we had a vision. Notice. The vision had three main categories, and each category had some scripture references that we showed you was the basis for the categories. The categories were we were to rebuild. That's Nehemiah chapters 2 through 4. In Romans 12, verses 1 through 2, we were to restore Psalm 139, Hebrews 13, verse 5, and Luke 22, and re-engage Proverbs 24, verses 15 through 16, Romans chapter 8, verse 1, John chapter 20. Although we did not go through each one of these specific categories in detail. You won't find anywhere in our repertoire of what we talked about in 2022 where you find something called rebuild or restore or re-engage. But we have been walking that path. It may not have been very obvious at the time, but we have been walking that path and What I want you to allow me to do is to show you that we have been on that path. Next, next image. Loved ones, for those of you who remember that vision, you will agree with me that we didn't go through each category in detail. However, If we take one of those categories and we kind of put it in an extended statement, expand on it, I believe that overview will give us a lot of good context for our discussion. 
where we had restore, if we were to expand on restore, here is what we would say. Restore means to restore your confidence in God. That he, the very first point, first point, that he is there no matter your situation, no matter your circumstance, or no matter your condition. No matter what you saw going on, God was still there. And to kind of give you how the scripture references tie in, when you look at Psalm 139, verse 7 in the voice, the psalmist writes, can I go anywhere apart from your spirit? Is there anywhere I can go to escape your watchful presence? Family, we need to restore our confidence that God is still there no matter what. Also, restore our confidence that as it relates to God, he knows exactly who you are. And he knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what you've gone through. Psalm 139, verse 1 in the voice says, O eternal one, you have explored my heart and know exactly who I am. That confidence was something needing to be restored. That you're not a mystery to God. And also that category is that God cares for you. And God is not, everybody say not. He is not mismanaging your life. No matter what it look like, looks like, he is not. That is not all to restore, though. Notice this. Yeah, we can restore your confidence in God, but it's multi-layered. Restore your confidence in God and restore your confidence in the belief that your life is worth living. Not just that life is worth living, but your life is worth living. There are a lot of people in this world that believe life is worth living. But when you don't believe that your life is worth living, you quit. When you don't believe that your life is worth living, you will consider suicide. When you don't believe that your life is worth living, you will think that you can just lay down and quit. And that's good enough. It's not just that life is worth living. We need to restore the confidence that you know that your life is worth living and not just your. What about our? As a collective, our life is worth living together. Coming together, fellowshipping together, getting to know each other together, going to each other's homes. Not being isolated, not just staring at somebody across a screen. And. Another level to restore. Restore others' confidences as well. Help do your part to restore others' confidence in God. Help do your part to restore others' belief that their life is worth living. As Jesus, as Jesus told one of his disciples, when you are strengthened, strengthen your brethren. 
Go back to the next one for me. When we look at restore and we see it in this expanded way, it gives us context to even though we've only gone through this one category and we will go through all the categories in detail later at later session in a later session. But for now, looking at this in an expanded way, once you have seen this, here is what we're going to do. As the new year dawns, our very first engagement, this engagement, is somewhat introductory. We're going to take a glimpse back on where we came from, and then we're going to kind of use this session as a stage setter forward. When we take a look at where we've come from, looking at this backdrop, this overview, you're going to begin to see how all along we've been talking about rebuilding, restoring, reengaging. We have been walking that path the whole time. Here's the image. Let me explain to you what we're going to do. At the top of each image is the name of a series that we had in 2022. For example, that one says contend. With that series, we're going to then walk through quickly the sub-messages beneath that series that we talked about, and we're going to illuminate how that was rebuilt, restore, re-engage. For contend, we begin with, in your beginning, God. The book of Genesis chapter 1 says, in the beginning, God created. But the key thing there is, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, there was God family. Before there was the, 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 the stars and the sun and the moon, there was God. Before there was earth and before there was sky, there was God. Before there were trees and water, there was God. Before there were the bees and, and, the, and the, the animals and the, all the stuff, before there was man and woman, there was God. Likewise with us. In your beginning, God. If you're thinking about rebuilding stuff, something, you better put God first. If you're thinking about restoring stuff, you better put God first. If you're going to re-engage anything, re-engage your relationship with God first. In your beginning, God. In everything you do. All of your origins should begin with God. You thinking about getting married? Doggone it, in your beginning better be God. You better not make that decision before you make sure that you consult with God. You want to have children? In your beginning better be God. You're trying to pick that, that, that business? You're trying to pick that career? In your beginning needs to be God. Picking your friends and your associations in your beginning better be God. 
If you're looking on re-engaging, rebuilding, restoring anything, the first element of concern needs to be your relationship with and hearing from God. We didn't talk about a contender. Family, a contender is someone who, guess what, is capable of securing victory. But just because you're capable don't mean you're going to win. You have to step on the field of battle. You have to step in life expecting to win. A true, a real contender expects to win it. And if you doubt victory, you've already accepted defeat. How many times has someone stepped into a scenario where they've been offered something, maybe a new job, maybe an opportunity to do something they've never done before, and they talk themselves out of it before they even start? Does that mean you will win every battle? No. But a real contender, even though it's possible they lose a battle, they never give up. They never throw in the towel. They never they never accept defeat because they know that they're capable of victory. Also, God can bring a positive out of your pain. What do you mean, God? You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've had to endure. You don't know what I've had to overcome. I do know that God can bring something positive out of your pain. I know that God can rebuild. I know that God can restore. I know God can re-engage, re have you re-engage a good relationship with him. We talked about Paul and Silas, how in the book of Acts, they were doing what God told them to do. And in the, in, in the end, guess what? Somebody's household got saved. But as they were going from the beginning to the end, they got roughed up. They got thrown in jail. They got bruised and through it all. If you were looking at it while everything was happening, you could think to yourself, there is no way any good can come out of this. But I'm telling you, just like God at the end of this particular story had Paul and Silas's pain and suffering come out to be something good for the kingdom, he can do the same thing with you. We also said, though, that there's a problem. And the problem is a lot of people want to rebuild. A lot of people want to restore. A lot of people want to re-engage, but they miss the part about it takes effort. We made it clear that for a person to complete a certain effort, they need to put forth a certain effort. You can't expect to rebuild something that's great and put in whippy, tired, half effort. Not going to happen. In addition to the effort problem, we said there is a problem, whether we want to believe it or not, of belief or more accurately, disbelief. In that God can rebuild. That God can restore. That God can re-engage. The truth of the matter, if you were honest, that you don't really believe that God can bring you out. 
And you know what? Admitting it is okay. Just don't stay there. If you're going to be a contender, you have to, one, be able to put forth the effort, and two, believe that your God can do. Next one. Family, then we started talking about the series, God's Using It. And you know what? All of your life has purpose. Not just the pleasant parts. You know what believers master in? They master in shouting about the goodness of God when times are good. But whenever times are bad, they say the devil's busy. As if God has got unbusy. As if God's goodness has now taken a back seat. You know, God allowed the the enemy to come at Job. Don't use the Bible that way. All of your life has purpose. We drilled into that by talking about the dash. And with the dash, you know, when they talk about somebody was born this date and then they transition this date in between those two dates is a what what kind of character is that? It's a dash. That dash encompassing every encompasses everything that that person did during their lifetime. And that dash is a big deal. Small character, big deal. When you look at the life of Jesus, we just came out of Christmas. Everybody talks about how there was this woman named Mary, a spouse to this man named Joseph, Joseph, and she had a miraculous birth, impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Baby born in a manger, wrapped in swaddling clothes. All of that stuff. But you know what? If the dash part of Jesus's life was jacked up, that birth would mean nothing. We talk about how we sang it. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. He suffered. He bled. All of that is wonderful. But in order for him to be the precious lamb we needed him to be, that dash had to be right. The dash couldn't have been jacked up. He couldn't have been a person with a miraculous birth and a person with a a very sacrificial death, but in the middle spent that time cussing and drinking. Spent that time lying and cheating, getting into fights, being at odds against people. The dash matters. All the things that you're going through in life is part of your dash. And God can use that for his purposes, not just the pleasant parts, but all parts. Moses had an interesting dash. Moses began his life with God. Guess what? Or his relationship, I should say, with God, if you want to put it that way. I'm sure he had one before, but let's just say this relationship with God. By trying to get God to leave him alone. 
Family, Moses tried to get God to leave him alone by trying to tell God all the reasons why he couldn't do what God wanted him to do. As if God didn't know who he was when he called him. Loved ones, God knew who you were when he called you. And if you're going to rebuild, restore, and re-engage, you have to stop trying to convince God that you are not the person qualified to do what God has already told you you are qualified to do. God knew this man when he called him. He didn't have to give God a laundry list of things that he thought disqualified him. All the things that go on in the dash part of your life is your history, and that history qualifies you. All the bumps, all the bruises, all the scars, all the laughter, all the joy, all those things qualifies you. That's why God called you. Then we talked about shiitake. Now, for those of you who were not here for that, shiitake is a mushroom, you know. But I want you to look at how that word is spelled. And just for the audio, if you've never seen it spelled, shiitake is spelled S-H-I-I-T-A-K-E. And it's not really pronounced shiitake. We just did that for a reason, for emphasis. To kind of get by the censors. But I want you to look at that word real close. Because not only is it a mushroom, it was the message that sometimes life can give you a lot of shiitake. Our pronunciation. But notice, talking about rebuild, restore, re-engage. Watch this next image. Loved ones, if you look at that phonetically, that S-H-I-I is sh. Shiitake is how you say it. But I don't think we would have a problem with the censors if we use that pronunciation and agree that sometimes the sh in life can be a bit much to take. That's how we were using that word. I mean, sometimes things are good, but sometimes the shove in your marriage is a bit much to take. Sometimes the shove with your children is a bit much to take. Sometimes the shove in the business, the shove on the job, the shove with the family is a bit much to take. Hey, sometimes the shove at church is a bit much to take. I mean, God, I know you are supposed to be my all. I'm supposed to be all sufficient in your sufficiency. 
But sometimes this financial sure is hard to take. It is so hard to take that sometimes I fear I can never rebuild. I feel like I can never be restored. I feel like what is the even what's the purpose to reengage? It's just too much sure to deal with. But family, through all the show, know that God has not abandoned you. God is still there. And funny thing about the actual mushroom, I am told it has health benefits. So could it be that the shiitake in your life makes you stronger. It is the because the shiitake in your life that you have the power to rebuild. It is because the shiitake in your life you are able to restore. It is because the shiitake in your life you are able to engage. There are benefits that you're walking past because you look at what's happened in your life in that dash and you look at it in the negative. But doggone it, that shiitake can help you get through to where you want to be. And that whole time you're going through all of that sure, God is using it as fertilizer to make you better. Next one. Then we start talking about beyond good. And family, let me tell you something. If you ever hope to rebuild anything, restore anything, re-engage anything, you got to stop the lies. No more lies. Especially on the important stuff. Don't lie, period. But especially on the important stuff. I want you to read this first bullet with me. Go. The moment you start lying to the ones who really matter, something important in your life dies. You mean to tell me that you want to rebuild your marriage, but you still lying to your husband? You still lying to your wife? The moment you start lying, your marriage started to die. The moment you keep lying, your marriage keep dying. It can be on life support, but life support is only for so long. Keep lying if you want to. The moment you begin to lie to somebody that really matters in your life, something dies. You want your relationship with your children to be better, but you can't tell them the truth? How do you expect to rebuild that or restore that or re-engage that? It's not going to happen. The moment you decide that lying is better, you have decided that death is the conclusion. I want my 
business to be more successful, then you need to stop lying. Anything that you want to rebuild cannot be built on a lie. Anything built on a lie is destined to fall. And the weird thing about a lie is this, because when the lie is there and the enemy recognizes there's a lie, oh, what looks like success is only him waiting till you get big enough before he pulls the pin out and let your whole card game fall. Yeah, he wants he, he wants he wants you to shine. So that when he really exposes the lie, it takes down more than just you. We want to be beyond good. We got to stop the lies. You also need to stop lying to God that you're not able. We already told you that God said that your history qualifies you. I knew you before I called you. You don't have to tell me about who you are. We got to start saying yes to God. God wants to rebuild something in you. You keep saying no. He wants to restore something in you. You keep saying no. He wants to re-engage you in a certain part of your life. You keep saying no. When you say no to God, you don't say no to just you. Saying yes to God in this season gives life to something else or somebody else in that same season. We talked about Moses in the book of Exodus. That man worked to tell God no as hard as he could. God worked that man over like a rib trying to get that man to say yes. And if God had let him say no, Moses would have lost a good opportunity to have a great relationship with God. Yes, but the children of Israel would continue to suffer that much longer. You see, your yes to God is not just a yes for you. It's a yes to everything. A husband's yes to God is not just for him, even though he benefits. But his wife now benefits when he's truly wrapped up, tied up, tangled up in God. His children benefit from a better, better father. His mama benefit from a better son. When he decides to truly say yes to God, when a woman says yes to God, everybody benefits, just her. When she truly says yes to God, everything connected to her gets better. When a youth says yes to God, everything gets better in their life. I'm not saying that problems won't come, but I'm telling you they are better capable of overcoming. It's not just a yes for them. We also talked about the unusual path. The Bible says that God met Moses in the form of a burning bush. And that's good. But in the voice translation of the Bible, it says that Moses met God as a burning bush when Moses decided to take a different path, an unusual path, some path that he's never taken before. And we said when he took that unusual path, when he got out of his routine, when he got out of his comfort zone, God met him there. Family, there are certain things in your life that you're going to have to rebuild that your, your, your routine won't cut it. Your comfort zone won't cut it. If anybody has ever had to work on something relationally with somebody else, 
you know that routines won't cut it. You got to roll up your sleeve and do something that you've never done before. You got to roll up your, up your sleeves and make a decision that you're going to get out of your normal. If you're going to restore something that's worth anything in life, you can't do it in a comfort zone. You can't do it in your routine. You can't re-engage life like you need to re-engage life standing in your routine. You got to get out of your routine. The unusual path is where God met Moses as a burning bush and your burning bush moment is not in your routine. Rebuild, restore, re-engage, get out of your routine. One more on this. Two more. In Beyond Good, we also talked about reach out and grab. Still talking about Moses. But in chapter 4, when Moses was still giving God the business and God wasn't giving up, God told him, throw your rod on the ground. And his rod turned into a serpent. He was trying to give Moses something to do when the Egyptian magicians tried to say, your God ain't nothing. We took that and ran with it, though. Because God eventually told Moses when he was done with that example, he said, hey, reach out and grab your rod again, knowing that it would turn the rod that was a serpent, reach out and grab it while it's still a serpent, knowing that it's going to turn back to a rod when you touch it, though. Moses initially didn't want to do that because he looked at the snake, knowing the history of a snake, he knew it was dangerous. So the Bible says Moses first drew back. But loved ones, that second bullet, read that with me. Go. There are fears in life you will never conquer as long as the thought of them make you draw back. Family, drawing back out of fear is the very thing that will keep you from rebuilding. It's the very thing that'll keep you from restoring. It's the very thing that'll keep you from re-engaging. Well, I've already tried that before. Fear will keep you from moving forward. It'll make you draw back. Your never is probably not true unless you force it to be. Allow me to expound on that because that point was not in our message when we taught on beyond good. But I'm going to share that with you now. It was in there, but not this directly. There are people who have gone through things and what they tell themselves is, I will never. For example, It could be something, and we never make light of what people have gone through, but it could be something unspeakable. And you will hear a person say, I will never laugh again. I'm going to tell you, that's probably not true. Unless you force it to be. I will never laugh again. Not true. 
unless you force it to be. I will never be happy again. Not true unless you force it to be. Well, pastor, you don't know what I've been through. I don't know what you've been through. But I'm telling you, happiness is there if you want it to be. Because the God you serve has too many opportunities through other people and other engagements in life to bring you happiness. The only reason you won't have happiness is if you force yourself to be unhappy. I will never love again, not true, unless you force it to be. I will never enjoy life again, not true, unless you force it to be. I will never have a successful business, a successful career, a successful family, a successful friendship, a successful anything ever again, not true, unless you force it to be. You have to work to stay unhappy. You have to work not to laugh. You have to work not to enjoy. You have to work not to let nobody else love you. People extending love to you, inviting you out places, want you to go to dinner. What, let's go to the movies. Come to the reunion. And you'd rather sit in your house and say no. Why? You're refusing to rebuild. Refusing to restore. Refusing to reengage. Yes, what happened to you was terrible. But God has laughter, happiness, love, enjoyment, success still for you. As long as you're still breathing, as long as you're still alive, as long as you're still here, God can do it. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Don't say you will never. The only reason you will never is if you force it to be. God still has something beyond good for you. And in order for that beyond good moment to happen, you have to allow him into your life fully and allow him to begin to rebuild, to restore and re-engage you in life. You can't enjoy and engage in life refusing to enjoy and engage in life. Next one. The last things on Beyond Good we told you that you're on fire. Just like that bush was ablaze before Moses with God on the inside, with the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, you are on fire. And that Holy Spirit gives you the ability to rebuild, restore, and re-engage. And with the Holy Spirit, you have to realize that you're fireproof. Yeah, the devil can do things in life. Life can do things in life. People can do things in life that put a little heat under your feet that kind of throw you in the fire. But doggone it, the trick's on them because how you gonna burn up something that's already on fire? How are you? My fire that I have burning on the inside of me is so much more intense than whatever you put me in. How you gonna burn me up when my fire is greater? You're fireproof. The odd part about being fireproof, though, is before something can take on the label of fireproof, it has to be tested in the fire. And every time you go through something, it's just proving that you're fireproof. You know the story that we talked about, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. No matter how hot they made that furnace, because they were with God, whatever they were working with was still greater. 
pastor, you don't understand what I've gone through. I still cry. I'm still afraid. I still shudder when I think about it. I understand. At least I understand what you're saying. But family, the proof that you are stronger than you think is the fact that you're still standing. Whenever somebody tells me that they don't know if they can make it to tomorrow, I tell them that the evidence they can make it to tomorrow is that they're standing today. Because yesterday's tomorrow is today. Through all you've been through, when the smoke cleared, the fact that you're still standing says that you're strong enough, stronger than you think. The God on the inside has made you fireproof. We said sometimes you can put your faith up for sale. Loved ones, life can present you with high heat, moderate heat, and even low heat situations. And those situations target your faith. What are high heat situations? Well, peer pressure. Oh, yeah, people can try to convince you to sell your faith. And it's not always packaged in a sell your faith box. It's not always packaged that way. Sometimes it's, it's packaged in a this is a very good thing box. But you need to be careful because peer pressure is a high heat situation. What about abandonment or loss or the fear of abandonment or loss? High heat situations. When you fear losing something, when you fear being abandoned by something, that thing will cause you to sell your faith. We all, we, we, we all, I know there are young ones in here, but this will be good and this will be good enough. We all grown enough to understand how. Here you go. We understand how a man and a woman can be together, boyfriend, girlfriend. And how he or she, I'm not going to identify the gender that makes the decision, but one of them says, my faith say there are certain things we're not going to do until we are married. That's a good thing. Thank you. But then the other says, if we don't, I'm out. If you love me, you would. Misstating what love is. And that fear of loss gets them to sell their faith. Very simple example, but just to let you know how fear of abandonment and loss will get you to, will get you to sell your faith. What about 
moderate heat. Because another thing that's high heat, I forgot to mention, is unforgiveness. Yeah, Jesus said that you should, unforgive, you should forgive without limits. But unforgiveness will get you to sell your faith. Moderate heat? Moderate heat, that's just stuff like, I don't know, uh, wanting to be people-pleasing. Won't everybody like you? When you want people to like you, you will do some crazy stuff and sell your faith. Low heat situations are just little nagging things that get on your nerve enough to where, you know, you just ultimately just got to cuss them out. Just stuff like that. Little stuff to get you to sell your faith. Little stuff that your, 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 your spouse do. Little stuff that the children do. The people at work, the lady that popped that gum, all that stuff, get you to sell your faith. But loved ones, if we're going to rebuild, restore, and re-engage, we cannot be going around selling our faith. Don't do it. Don't sell your faith. Next one. In the series Taste and See, we talked about having an unbirthday. This is the first discussion that we had that was very forcefully specific on doggone it, you need to re-engage life. Stop waiting on that one day a year to celebrate yourself. You got more unbirthdays than birthdays. Get your behind off the couch. Get out there and breathe some fresh air. Have a new experience. Enjoy your unbirthday. Don't just enjoy your day. Enjoy your every day. Every day that God has blessed you to be on this earth is a gift. You unwrap that gift every day. Every day is new. Every day, doggone it, you unwrap that gift. Happy unbirthday to you. And I know David said that we should taste and see that God is good. And a lot of people take that to imply that God is good because he always makes sure good things happen to you. That is not what that's saying. God is not good because good things happen to you. God is good regardless of what happens to you. When you talk about God is good, it means that God is the standard for all that is good. Now, we're not trying to make light of your feelings, but your feelings do not justify God's goodness. And if you're going to rebuild, you have to get that through your head. Because if every time something bad happens, you then turn your back on God again, you were going in the wrong direction. Taste and see that God is good and he can rebuild your life regardless of what happens as you view it. Next one. Live louder. Your testimony gives you volume. 
all the things that you've been through, all the things that God has brought, God has brought you through, it adds volume to your faith, volume, volume to your passion for him, volume to your witness. All the testimony you got inside of you, unmute that testimony. Let it out. That's part of helping restore others. Once again, Pastor, you don't understand. It hurts to talk about it. Unmute your testimony. And yes, we understand it can be difficult or even scary to talk about. Especially when the memories are fresh. You don't want to talk about it because in your heart and in your mind, you don't want to go back to that place. You don't want to feel that feeling again. I will share with you that the best time, though, to talk about what you've been through sometime is when it's fresh. We know this in real life. Whenever something happens, when does the insurance company, a lawyer, a police officer, an investigator want to talk to the witness? Years from now or right after? Right after. Because immediately after is when the memories are most fresh. It's when the story will be more real. When the story will have more punch. Are we saying that you should divulge everything that happens to you just at a whim? No, we're not. We never say that. We're always asking you to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit on what you share and when you share it. But we don't want the fear of going back to that place in your heart and in your mind to keep you from unmuting your testimony. Because remember, that testimony can help somebody else. That is our 2022 in a snapshot. All the details associated with that, go back and listen, and you will get the more robust details. But here we go. For 2023, we're on the same path. Anything worth building, you don't rush it. Rebuilding is not a one-year thing. Restoring is not a one-year thing. Re-engaging is not a one-year thing. Thus, our vision for 2023 is to rebuild, restore, and re-engage. And we're going to go in more detail this year in each one of those categories before we launch too deep into the year. Well, Pastor, why didn't we do that last year? Because last year needed more backdrop, needed more practical input. It's not about pointing to each one and talking about each one is that you know this is the path 
and to have confidence that we're walking that path. You never saw those as a message title. But yes, ma'am, yes, sir, we were most definitely walking that path and we will continue to walk that path this year. We call this our pathway into the new. We began this path months and months ago and we will continue to walk that path as we walk into this new year. Till next time, I love you. We will get into this the very next time we're together. For now, let's pray. God, I thank you that each and every person stands confidently at the beginning of this year. Knowing that they enter this year not alone. And that they enter this year not just with you. We enter this year together as a family, as a group, as a group of believers. Standing in the gap through prayer, friendship, fellowship. Walking this faith path together. I thank you that you're always there. And we look forward to all of the good things, God, that you will do for us and through us as we move forward into the year. I also thank you, God, that we will take serious inventory on the parts of our lives that need to be rebuilt, restored, and to re-engage. There are certain things that only a discussion with you and more fellowship with you can unveil. If there are things, God, that we have in our lives that should be rebuilt, but we are unaware, bring it to our awareness. If there are things that should be restored and we don't know that they should be restored, bring it to our awareness. And if there are areas in our life that we should be re-engaging life differently, more intensely, or, hey, God, even more cautiously. We ask that you bring that to our awareness. And we thank you in advance for being the good father that you are and staying true to your word. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now, but we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.